presence to come in this place and make itself real to us. So we're going to sing a, a song. Let's remain standing. Um, our ushers, remember our ushers are ready. We're going to sing Chain Breaker. This is one of my favorite songs. So we're going to bless you as we worship together and sing
evening that ties right into their worship time. <laughs> and I told her I'd get her on as soon as possible so that she wouldn't have had to sit there. It was too long. Oh, I don't know. I've seen it.
song uh, before Pastor comes with prayer uh, this evening. So let's stand together. We're going to sing uh, a song, Let Your Glory Fall. Now this is this is an old one. These people, the musicians, didn't know it. But I think we used to sing it when I was about 13 years old. So.
Today is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church Worldwide. Churches in China and Europe, North America are praying today for the Persecuted Church. We sit here in this building and uh, so many times we take for granted exactly how blessed we have been. And we heard the news again this week of the seven Christians in Egypt. Their bus was hijacked and seven of them were murdered by these extremists. We're praying today for Pakistan that is under severe persecution. We're being told that conversion from Islam will bring shame to a family and will bring death and danger to a new family. We're praying for Nigeria. Some of you would have read the news recently of the church that was burned, the pastor that was murdered in front of his congregation, and then the women that were taken and raped in that service. So we need to pray for the persecuted church. And we need to pray for them. Matter of fact, the book of Hebrews tells us to remember those that are in chains. We have a video that's going to be shown from the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And after we listen to this, then we're going to go to prayer for our brothers and sisters in many of the nations of our world that are underground. Matter of fact, I just read that the church in North Korea, do you know what a lot of them did this morning? They dressed early in the morning in darkness and they went in darkness to some secluded place and are remaining there throughout the day until darkness falls again so people do not know where they are worshiping. Don't you think we need to pray for them? We do. Let's watch this, shall we? And that then we're going to pray for the persecuted churches.
Christians around me influenced me, and I saw that their lives were good. They were also talking about Jesus being the Savior of the world. From that time, I wanted to know Jesus. He was very angry after he found out I went to the church, and he beat me severely to the point that my body was in pain and swollen because of the beating that I got from my dad. I was very upset and surprised by my father's attitude because I knew he loved me, but he changed and now he wanted to kill me. I was angry and discouraged. I wanted to become a Christian, but I wasn't sure because it might cost me my life.
thank you, Lord. We love you tonight, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, we're so grateful, Lord, for the cross. Hallelujah. We're so grateful for your love and your mercy and your grace today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. was 
Harmon. The title of the message this evening is When Storms Come Suddenly. Gracious and eternal Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful Word of God. Lord, I just pray tonight, Lord, that our hearts and our, our minds will be open to what you want to do this evening. Lord, we just pray your blessing on the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Title of the message this evening is When Storms Come Suddenly. Have you ever walked out of your house on a beautiful sunny morning? And then about an hour later, you go back inside, you come out, within an hour it's pouring down rain, or it's blowing a gale outside, or there are snow squalls. That ever happened to you? Yes, it's happened to me before. Seems like sometimes storms just come out of nowhere. And we didn't expect them. And when I lived in Cornwall, it would be sunny one minute and then it would be snowing the next. There was a lot of snow, a lot of snow in Cornwall. But how does one be ready for a storm that we're not expecting? We will find that out today as we look into the scripture that is before us and we will see the importance of trusting God even when we don't see Him. You guys hear a lot about what I don't like. Don't you? But see, going out in the boat on the ocean is something that I do like. I enjoy it. And I know this past summer I had a very memorable moments, times with family out in the boat. But although that I love being out in the boat, there's one thing that I don't have, and that is sea legs. I cannot stand up straight or rock straight in a boat. I lose my balance rather quickly. And if I didn't have something to hold on to, I could very well end up out overboard. Sit me down in the boat, take me around the coast, up and down the bay, I'm fine if I'm sat down. If you ask me to stand up or to catch the boat going into the wharf or stand on the gunnels, and I could be overboard. It's just how I was built. I don't have good balance. I don't have good balance. I'm sure, Rex, Saunders, you were talking about it this week, that you don't have that trouble with tur hunting. Rex asked me about turds and hunting on Tuesday. But I said to myself, he wouldn't want me in the boat with a swell on and a gun in my hand. <laughs> it's easy to joke about the water, but very tough to talk about storms. Storms are scary. It doesn't matter what kind of storm, a lightning, a thunderstorm, a windstorm. You've seen that today. Many people were without power today. And I was looking at my front window, and I have a few trees on the side, and one was that big around. Boom, down on the ground, cracked off today. Winds are powerful. We don't know what storms will do. Remember one storm that was really bad in Bonavista. It was about the second year I was there. The winds were high. It used to get really high, over 130 kilometer hours winds out in Bonavista. The rain turned into freezing rain, and a lady next door that lived there, she wanted to go out for some reason and she got out and she fell on the ice and broke her arm. As I was walking out to help her with other neighbors, nobody could stand up because the wind was so strong. And the ambulance had trouble getting there because it was so slippery. Storms are no doubt scary. And I want to talk about the storm that was facing the disciples in our story today. We want to talk about the storms also that we face on our journey. Storms are a natural part of life. One writer wrote, you are either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to go into a storm. Our lives are a journey. 
As soon as we begin our lives, we begin a journey. Journeys can be tough sometimes. There are certain periods of time where we find our journey to be frustrating. There's times when our journey is smooth sailing. There's times when our journey is bumpy, crazy, and wild. Our life journey is full of ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys. We sometimes paint the picture that life with Jesus is a bed of roses. You will never have a problem. You will live freely when you come to know Him. Sometimes want to sugarcoat the journey with Christ. You see, the scripture tells me that Matthew 5 and 45, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We can expect on our journey with the Lord storms. Journey with Jesus will lead us to places where we will experience storms, but our storms are never too much for Jesus. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about Jesus sends us. Talk about how Jesus watches us and also how Jesus helps us. I want to talk about how Jesus sends us. I remember hearing stories from uh, older people uh, about how their parents would send them off to school no matter what kind of weather was out there. There was so, no such thing as missing school because there's no such thing as buses way back and the school was in walking distance. And I'm sure you heard them say, we used to have to walk five miles in rain, snow, sleep, whatever. Parents didn't care what the weather was like. Their child was going to school. See, we see the exact same thing here in this story. Jesus was after his disciples, sending them out on the lake. He had just finished, just a few moments ago, feeding the multitudes. Now Jesus was trying to get them onto this boat and to go to another place. No doubt the disciples knew this lake very well and they were not very eager to get into that boat at such a late hour. We find that it was immediately after Jesus had finished the last miracle. The writer Mark loves to use the word immediately because it shows us that Jesus likes to move quickly from one miracle to the next, from one encounter to the next. What is interesting here is that it seems rather abrupt that Jesus would want them to get out of the area so fast, because he says immediately. What was Jesus trying to do? Jesus made his disciples to get into a boat. I can almost see Jesus now pushing them in. Get in there, Thomas. Get in there, Peter. Come on, let's go. Hurry up. Get in that boat. Get out of here. Flee from the scene. Jesus compelled them to go. Matthew 8 and 18 says, He gave them the command to go to the other side. Yeah. Now like many of us, we'd like to know the details before we embark on a journey. We want to know everything. Maybe it's just because we're Newfoundlanders and we're nosy people. But we want to know more about things. We would probably ask, you know, what's that boat like? What's the color of the boat? What's the make of the boat? What gear of the boat? How many can it see? How many life jackets are in that boat? What size of motor does she have? What's that lake like? Is it windy? Is it a deep lake? I think Newfoundlanders probably would have had a lot of questions before they would have jumped into that boat. The story is found in Matthew, Mark, and John. Luke doesn't include it. And if we read in John 6, 14 and 15, it says, then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, so that was the feeding the multitudes, this is truly the prophet who has come to the world, 
Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come to take him, to force him, and make him king, he departed into the mountain alone, and he made the disciples go out into the boat immediately. Jesus didn't want his disciples to become swept up with the crowd and cause a scene. So this is why Jesus hurried them into the boat to another location. In our story, the disciples are sent out on a lake. The Sea of Galilee was the name of it. And it was a rough body of water due to always having unexpected storms. As they are rowing the boat, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes up a gale of wind. Violent wind comes on them. And so the sea is known for its storms. And out of nowhere, the men were rowing and a storm rose up. The men began to fight for their survival. There was no turning back. Scripture says they were in the middle. And the lake was seven miles long. And so they were about three and a half miles out. They were stuck out there in that storm. Our journey with Christ was sometimes... Be interrupted with storms. We could be cruising along, enjoying the ride, enjoying the awesome presence of Jesus, and bang, all of a sudden a storm rises up in our life. That storm could be a spiritual storm. It could be a financial storm, a medical storm, a storm, a strong attack of the enemy, or even temptation, which leads us to ask, where did that come from? Have you ever found yourself in a place on your journey where everything was going smooth and all of a sudden life throws you a curveball? You wind up in the storm that is blowing and is coming down on you and your journey becomes interrupted by a sudden, unexpected storm. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe you're all holier than me and it hasn't happened in your life. Maybe tonight, as I'm speaking, just this week, you were enjoying the presence of the Lord, walking in the Lord, and you were struck with an unwanted news about a friend, family member. Maybe you were struck with an awful doctor's report. Came out of nowhere. Maybe you're going through a financial storm, a physical storm, whatever it may be, and you were taken off guard when it happened. But let me tell you, that's part of the journey. We think just because we're children of God, that this type of thing shouldn't happen to us. Sometimes we think that if we're doing the Lord's work by being on the board, leading worship, being a part of the women's team, youth team, that we are exempt from storms of life. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Look at the characters, look at the people in our story. Who are they? They're the disciples. They are the chosen men of Jesus who would continue the gospel after he left and ascended into heaven and look what happened to them they found themselves in a life-threatening storm so when you think you shouldn't have to endure storms and that they are only for wicked people have a look at the disciples for a moment look at where they were when they were following Jesus and obeying Jesus and going along with what Jesus wanted them to do these men found themselves in a storm the disciples were doing what the Lord had said for them to do. See, remember, Jesus was the one that compelled them to go to the other side. He compelled them to get into that boat, go over to that location. They didn't really want to do it. They wanted to stay where they were. They were comfortable where they were. Jesus had a plan. 
Jesus insisted that they go. Jesus was the one that sent them out to the lake because of that. They found themselves in a storm. Anyone can trust Jesus on those sunny days. But what happens when the storm hits you off guard and becomes violent where you can't even move forward, you can't move anywhere? What happens then? Do we become angry? Do we become bitter? Do we complain because we're really good at complaining? Do we give up when the storm comes? What happens to our faith when the storm comes? Let me tell you, a storm is going to come at some point in everyone's life on their journey. Whether that is you lose your job, you find out that your son is doing drugs, you find out that your spouse is leaving you, or that your daughter is pregnant. Listen, it can happen to anyone. We cannot be naive to think that it won't. This is why we need to pray earnestly for our family members. The disciples, see, they left the high of the miracle and they left the multitudes of Jesus feeding all of them, singing praises to God and all of them, bang, they were hit with a storm. Storms are going to come unexpectedly. You might go to bed tonight on cloud nine and wake up tomorrow in a storm. I don't say this to discourage you, but I say this tonight so that you can be ready because storms are going to come. We have seen men and women coming off the streets, drunks and drug addicts, and be cleaned up and then go home and find that their family members don't want nothing to do with them. We find men and women losing friends because they've given their lives to Jesus. Listen, becoming a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you will win a popularity contest. Following Jesus is unpopular. And because of that, you should expect storms to come in your life. I remember a man back in Bonavista who I saved years ago in a story he took, he said, before his wife did, he was saved before his wife did. And his wife was a heavy smoker. He told his wife he wasn't going to be buying cigarettes for her no more. He wasn't going to be doing any of that. And he said it was a rocky road for a long time. After I got saved, he said, he said, one time I went home and my wife met me on the bridge and said, and I don't mind saying his name because he wouldn't mind it. Ray, no smokes, no supper. And she threw the pot roast in the dish out over the bridge. <laughs> you can be in the middle of the will of God, following Jesus faithfully, and still find yourself in a storm. Secondly, you find out Jesus watches. The disciples find themselves out on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the lake. Scripture tells us that they were in the fourth watch of the night, which was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. Panic has set in. They have become fearful for their lives, and they didn't have Jesus with them. They definitely were not feeling his presence at that moment. Sometimes that happens with us. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when storms come into our life, into our journey, we find it very hard to feel the presence of God. We have no sense of his presence. The disciples were very fearful. They probably said to themselves, he didn't get into the boat. They began to feel very hopeless because they thought Jesus had sent them out into the storm for them to die. They could not feel his presence. But let me tell you something tonight. Your faith has to be built on something other than your feelings. 
Your faith has to be built on something other than your feelings. The scriptures tells us in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He will be with you when no one else will be with you. He will be with you when you lose your job. He will be with you when you get sick. He will be with you when you lose a family member. He will be with you when your daughter or son don't want to go to church anymore or don't want to have anything to do with God. Let me tell you tonight, Jesus is always going to be with you. Amen. Our faith cannot rely on our feelings. For feelings come and go, they leave us. Our faith has to reside in the everlasting word of God. Our faith has to be built upon the promise of God, which tells us, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Amen. Sometimes we got to hang on to that promise when we don't feel him in our storms, because we're not always going to see Jesus in the midst of our storms. Neither are we going to feel him sometimes, but it's through his word that we can be assured that he is watching us from afar. Child of God tonight, will you build your faith on what you feel or will you build your faith on what His Word tells us? The Word of God tonight is your life. Sometimes we see nothing but the storm that we're in. We wonder, where's Jesus in all of this? What happened to Jesus? I remember back when I first started Bible college and I took on a heavy course load. I wasn't Asked to do that, but did it myself. Work kept piling up, and there was a lot of reading, and I wasn't catching up on the reading, and I remember I was getting really, really frustrated. And I stormed into my office in Cornerbrook, at the office in the church in there, jumped into my Blue Ford Ranger, and took out to a place in Cornerbrook that I visited because of its view. When I got to the top of the hill, I sat in my truck, and I began to get very upset with God. And I asked God, where are you? Where are you? And I couldn't see him. I was struggling and there was a storm in my life and I couldn't feel him. I couldn't see him and I was, I was in Bible college. I was doing the will of God. I accepted the call, working as a janitor at the church. But yet, I still found myself in a storm. And it wasn't much longer after I asked the Lord where he was. When he spoke softly to me and said, I've never left you. I have been here the whole time. Sometimes our storms cause us to lose focus on his word and his promises that we think Jesus doesn't care and he isn't around us. Scripture tells us that Jesus, see, he went up into the mountain to pray. Jesus had to get alone with God. His miracles were draining on him. And he needed to regain his strength from his father. And so he did that by going and talking to him. That is why he sent his disciples to the other side. Sent the crowds away because Jesus needed to get alone with God. I can relate to him. On that, being a pastor sometimes, we need to get alone with God. The burden is heavy. A lot of people think, oh, you only work one day a week. You don't work. think what we do is easy. Let me tell you, having people call you, spilling their whole life on you, three, four, five, six, sometimes every day of the week, is tiring on the soul, it's tiring on the mind. We take a lot of weight on our shoulders, and sometimes we need to get alone with God. That is why our days off are very important to us. We love each and every one of you, but if we're tired or worn out, we're not much good to you. 
So I ask you, pray for us. I know you are, but earnestly pray for us and pray for Pastor Boyd. Takes a lot on his shoulders. He's an awesome mentor to me and Pastor Jared, I'm sure, to his wife. So will you uplift our lead pastor this week in prayer? You know something? Jesus was watching his disciples from afar. Where he was, the sovereignty of God is real. As he was on the mountaintop, he could still see his disciples struggling in the boat. Mark 6, 48 says, Then he saw them straining at rowing. The wind was against them. Scripture tells us also, the Psalms, that we are the apple of his eye. See, his disciples were the apple of his eye. They were his disciples. He didn't pick them to drown them. The same is for you tonight. He didn't pick you to leave you. He didn't save you to lose you. He didn't put his hand on you to throw you away. No, Jesus, when he picked you, he said, you are the apple of my eye. Jesus is watching you. Amen. Jesus loves you. Jesus is watching. If you're in a storm and you're wondering, is Jesus, where is he too? I can't see him. Remember, you're the apple of his eye. And he is watching you. Jesus knows everything that is going on in your life tonight. He knows every detail, every minor detail, every major detail. You're here tonight and your own spouse don't even know what's going on in your life. Let me tell you, Jesus knows every detail in your situation. Maybe you're here and you are in a situation that no one knows about, but let me tell you, God knows all about it. You're here tonight and you think, nobody cares about me. My problems and my problems, let me tell you, God cares about your problems. You're here and you are eternal and you don't know what to do. Let me tell you, God knows exactly what you need to do. The disciples thought they were going to die. But his eye was on them. Jesus loves you tonight. And guess what? His eye is on you even when all you see is the storm around you. Finally tonight, Jesus happens. When the disciples thought all was hopeless, that at any moment that the water would overtake them, the scripture tells us that Jesus came walking on the water. Jesus came on the very thing that they thought were going to perish. Glory to God. Isn't that something tonight? Jesus came walking on the very thing that they thought was going to overtake them, and that was the water. We used to sing the song of God and ain't it just like God to deliver? Ain't it just like Him to satisfy? It is so much like Him to meet our every need. Ain't it just like Him to supply? He comes at the very moment that we think all is hopeless. The very problem we face in life, the very problem that you face, He comes strolling in on it. The very difficult thing that we think is too big, Jesus comes in walking on it. Hallelujah. Don't that make you feel good tonight? Knowing that your problems are not over Jesus' head, but actually they're under his feet. And they will not overtake you. Jesus uses the difficulty to come to us, to come to our rescue. Tonight for you that are struggling to stay afloat in your storm, I believe the Lord wants you to hear these words. Get ready. Jesus is going to come in power with an answer on the very thing you think is going to take you. Let me read that again. 
Get ready. Jesus is going to come in power with an answer on the very thing you think is going the disciples began to get afraid because they thought they were seeing a ghost. Back then there was a myth going around that if you saw a ghost or an image on the water, then you were about to die. But see, the ghost that they thought they seen was no ghost at all. But it was Jesus coming to them, walking on the water. Isn't it good to see Jesus coming? Amen? This is probably my favorite part of the miracle. When the disciples cried out in fear, Jesus cried out in his voice and he said, it is I. Do not be afraid. The same phrase that the Lord revealed to Moses in Exodus 3. When Moses asked him, who will I tell them that sent me? God replied saying, tell them the I am has sent me. Yeah. That very same phrase Jesus spoke from his lips was reassuring enough for the disciples. The I am, the only thing that exists that doesn't depend on anything else, was walking on the water to save them. Jesus took that name and declared that he was God. Can you imagine the power behind those words? All fear had just led the disciples when he spoke those words. It is I. Do not be afraid. The I am is here. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. The Almighty God. The Bountiful Father. The Faithful One. The Everlasting Father. The Great I Am. The Holy One of Israel. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Jehovah and the Reigning King. And walking on the very thing that they thought was going to overtake them. Jesus came strolling on their problem. Oh, he didn't get scared of their problem. But he came strolling on their problem. We all have problems. We all have difficulties. But it gives us a chance for the great I am to come in and to calm the storms that we think is going to overtake us. This same Jesus came walking on the water to disciples. This is the Jesus that will stroll on down over your problems. And he is definitely not affected by them. But instead he is standing on top of them. And he will cause the storm of your life to come and to a cease tonight. It's okay to have storms in our lives because it gives the opportunity for the great I am to come into our lives and to do a work in us. No matter how big the storm is in your life, Jesus can walk on over it. Amen. When Jesus got into the boat, the disciples didn't turn him away. In fact, they asked him to come in because they thought he was going to walk right on past the boat. When Jesus comes walking on your problems, make sure you invite him into your boat. Don't miss the chance for Jesus to calm your storm. Hallelujah. You might be here tonight thinking, Jesus can't help me. Jesus can't help me with my problems. My problems are too big. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, my problems are too small and too petty, and Jesus don't want to hear them. Maybe you have an excuse that you're trying to use, and you say, Pastor, I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. Look at me tonight. Nobody in this room is perfect. No problem is too great for God. Neither is a problem too small that he's not willing to care about tonight. He cares for you. He's watching over you. He loves you tonight. Jesus cares for you just as he cares for me. He loves you as, as much as he loves you and loves me. And he is not about to send you out into this world without his help and without his guidance. Amen. Jesus told us all to go into the world, preach the gospel to everyone. And he is sending us out into a world that is full of storms. 
But he has promised us that he will be with us every step of the way. And that he is always going to be there. When Jesus got into a boat, they arrived at their destination. When you allow Jesus to come into your life, he will get you to your answer. Tonight you have to step outside of your fears. You have to step outside of your anxieties, your negativity, your panic attacks. And you have to say no to that and believe that Jesus can walk on my problem. You need to declare it over your life tonight and say, Jesus is walking on my problem. He's going to get me to where I need to go. Jesus will walk on your problems. You're going to make it, child of God. You're going to make it tonight. The waves of the storm is not going to overtake you. You've got this tonight. Don't worry. Jesus is coming on your problems tonight. What the enemy means for evil, he turns it around for our good. Amen. Closing tonight. Asking the musicians to come back. Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My Lord. To give the opportunity tonight for salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Church of God, just begin to pray. Praise you, Jesus. You're here. You've not given your life over to Jesus. You feel that you are drowning in your sin. You feel that you are in a storm that you cannot get out of it. You would love for Jesus to save you tonight. Praise God. That's you tonight. Why don't you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to give Jesus my life tonight. When I say everyone, if they would, to repeat this prayer after me. In case there's somebody next to you that wants to pray this prayer, ask Jesus into their lives. Thank you, Lord. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. I ask you tonight. Come into my heart to forgive me of my sin, to wash me white as snow, and to make me completely whole. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I encourage you. Come to the altar and make it a public confession. For the believer tonight, the altar comes soon. You're here and you're in a storm. Precious Jesus. You're fearful of this storm. You're scared as won't take it. Just want to let you know that Jesus is watching. He sees your pain. He sees right where you are. He loves you. He's never left you. If you need prayer tonight, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We're going to sing that chorus standing somewhere in the shadows you find Jesus. And so if you need prayer tonight, maybe you're going through a financial storm, physical storm, you're feeling the attack of the enemy on your life, you're feeling the weight, the pressure of the depression.
tortured physically, mentally. We have it so good tonight. I think in light of the prayer and the International World Day of Prayer, I think we should come and we should spend time at the altar praying for those that are in a storm in their lives in other countries. Amen? So Pastor Jerry is going to lead us in another course, Faith in God, and we're going to ask you to come, find a place, take some time, and just pray for these people. They're in a storm, and they need our prayers. Okay? They need to know that there are people in other parts of the world praying for them and for their safety. All right? So let's just come, and let's take some time, and let's pray for those that are in a storm of persecution.
Amen. Mm-hmm.